0: See? Christ the
1: Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, for the past couple of years, we've been trying to make this Christmas broadcast available to provide some encouragement on Christmas Day and you know, just a little reminder of what Christmas is all about. Man, I hope your Christmas celebration has been a joy so far. I'm telling you, ours has been quite the party. Now, Sarah and I are rejoicing today, not just because Jesus was born and we get to celebrate it on this day, but also because He's been the foundational truth and power source for our family, and our family is all here today. I mean, all three of our boys and their wives and our 12 grandchildren and my mother, and we are all hanging out at the Huxford House. And friend, as you can imagine, we've had a lot of work to do to get ready for that. Now, plus, did I mention that I have a brand new grandchild this Christmas? Man, Garrett and Megan had their fourth child. Our 12th grandchild arrived in early December. So we got one dozen cousins here today, Woohoo! Now friends, Sarah is the creative director for all of this at our family, and I'm in charge of rigging. That's what I do, I rig. Decorations, lights, stuff. If it needs hanging, wiring, fixing, that comes to me, right? It reminds me of a couple of years ago when Sarah and I went to Montana to visit her family and have you know, Christmas with our kids who live out west. And man, we got to Montana and it snowed 19 inches the week we were there. But my job, snow or not, was to rig the stuff. And let me tell you, when I got that call, my inner redneck came out. Sarah said, you know, we need a tree. I'm like, let's go to Hobby Lobby. And man, you know, I'm just trying to make Sarah happy. And at the same time, not spend too much money on a tree. We're gonna leave in Montana. So man, we see this little Charlie Brown tree. It's pre-lighted. It's the last one in the store. They gave us a double discount and I'm like, yes. So they took it up to the customer service desk for us. Then when we went to check out, I told the lady, hey, our Christmas tree is waiting right over at customer service. So she walks over and comes back, it's not there. I said, no, I see it, it's right there, the white tree. She said, oh, I thought you said it was a Christmas tree. I'm like, Just get the tree, lady, all right? Now, Sarah's sister let us stay in her old log cabin that has been in their family for 80 years. I mean, that cabin is heated by a wood stove that I kept running day and night the whole week we were out there. Man, my inner redneck was just running wild. And then I started thinking about the Christmas story. And I think, you know, Joseph and Mary might've had to do the same thing. So I wanted to call this, you know, this message the Unexpected Redneck Christmas. But some people say, Cam, that might be offensive because there might be some rednecks watching. (laughs) Might be. Dude, this is Georgia, right? I mean, I preached last Sunday in cowboy boots and I didn't rent them, I own them, right? I drove here today in a truck and I love it and I hope I never have to drive anything else. I don't have a big belt buckle, but I did ride a bull out in Wyoming one time. Of course, it was chained to the ground, but that's just a detail, y'all. And listen, I gave one of my grandsons his first BB gun for Christmas. I mean, we get that next generation moving in the right direction as soon as possible. Now, if Jeff Foxworthy is right, and being a redneck is simply somebody with a glorious lack of sophistication, then friends, we see a lot of folks like that in the Christmas story. And honestly, I think that's a reason for hope for everybody who's watching today. Because you and I both know there are a lot of people who are educationally sophisticated, who have a vast lack of spiritual sophistication. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of us live in very sophisticated houses, I mean beautifully decorated, but we don't have a clue how to make that a loving, happy home. I know people, and you do too, who are very sophisticated in the marketplace, but deep down they live their lives scared to death And the Christmas story offers hope to all of us. I mean, no matter where we find ourselves today. So let me read the Christmas story for you, okay? You might be spiritually so sophisticated that you know this is one of the most familiar stories in the world to you. Or this might be the first time you've ever heard it and it is that way at our church every Christmas. But regardless, the birth of Jesus is a story of hope for all of us. And if you wanna read along, I'm gonna start in the New Testament in Luke chapter two. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire world, the entire Roman world. Now this was the first census that took place, you know, while Quirinius was the governor of Syria and everyone went to his own town to register. So uh, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, uh, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be delivered and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds, you know, living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. Everybody say, all the people. All right, there we go. You know, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly, you know, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, when the angels had left them and gone back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go see this thing and let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So man, they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, man, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said. But Mary, man, she treasured all this, these things up in her heart and pondered them. Now, friends, one thing that should be obvious about this story is that the birth of Jesus happened in an unexpected way. Now, one of my favorite Christmas songs is Joy to the World, The Lord Has Come, Let Earth Receive Her King. Now, the Christmas story is about a spiritual king who's born into our world. But friends, as we just read the Christmas story, it's not what we would expect of a royal welcome for a king. I mean, Joseph and Mary from a little redneck town up north called Nazareth, uh, probably 300 people, maybe 30 acres. I mean, one of the few cities in Israel that didn't have a sewage system. So Jesus grew up around outhouses. And then 85 miles south is the city of Bethlehem. And they had to make that journey. And man, we just hope there was a donkey or something for Mary to ride. But man, when they get there, there's no presidential suite waiting for them. Hey, did you hear this story about the guy who came into a large hotel one night, really late, dead tired, asked for a room, and the clerk said, I'm sorry, no vacancy, bro. All the rooms are are taken. And the guy said, well, let me ask you a question. If the president of the United States came in here and he needed a room, what would you do? He said, well, to be honest with you, if the president came in tonight, we'd find him a room. And the guy said, well, I got great news. I know for a fact that the president is in Berlin tonight, so he's not gonna be coming here. I'll take his room. (laughs) That didn't work out for Joseph and Mary either, all right? Jesus was literally born in a barn, I mean, in a stable. And you know, we have sarcastic comments about that. Dude, were you born in a barn? You know, Jesus actually was. And then we sing the Christmas song, Away in a Manger. And and you know, it's about this charming environment. The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, beautiful. But friends, that means there was a cow in the delivery room when Jesus was born. And you know what? Jesus is born to a frightened teenage girl. Her mother is not there. Her grandmother is not there. Family doctor is not there. Even so, I doubt Jesus fell into the rough hands of that carpenter, Joseph. I mean, you know, Mary was a virgin when Jesus was born. Now she and Joseph had not been intimate together yet. And you know, they had a bunch of kids after Jesus, but they had not been intimate with each other sexually when Jesus was born. And so I'm sure that created kind of a sense of awkwardness for Joseph and Mary. And I imagine the same people who directed them to that stable where it would be quiet and safe, you know, got the word to some sweet midwife in Bethlehem, why don't you come and help with the birth of that baby? You know, while Joseph is there comforting Mary, holding Mary through the whole thing. We don't really know all the details, friends, but we do know that everything about Jesus' birth was unexpected and amazing. And maybe the exclamation mark was that the first, first birth announcement went to the shepherds. Now, if you'd been a religious scholar in that day and you studied all the prophecies about the coming of the Messiah, it would have been unthinkable to you that the birth announcement of the Messiah was made to shepherds. I mean, talk about rednecks. Shepherds lived in the fields most of the year. I mean, their life was just like one long camp out. They looked like it, they smelled like it. Nobody saw it coming that they were the first visitors for Jesus. But these are the guys who got the original angelic announcement that the Savior had been born. And I think the big question is why? Why did the news go to them? And I think the answer is in Luke chapter two, verse 10. It says, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be, listen to this now, for all the people. All the people. Those angels were not kidding when they said good news was for everybody. And the hope of Christmas is not for a select few, it was for all the people, for everybody. Not just those who have great educations and manners and are well behaved, but for all the people. Not just those who have great marriages and thriving families and successful careers. No, it's for all the people. Not just for those who have great credit scores and great grades in school. This news is for all the people. And friends, that means that the Christmas message is unexpectedly inclusive. I mean, at the first Christmas, God was making an unexpected statement, no matter who you are, what you've done, how you look, where you're from, what happened at Christmas happened for you, it's for everybody, it's for all the people. Now, you know, sometimes there are products that are advertised that look like they're for all the people, but they're really not. Now, I read about this kid who went to buy a truck over the holidays, you know, probably gonna be a pastor one day, but anyway, he had his eye on this truck and the dealership had this great end of the year special offer on it, and so he had a friend drop him off at the dealership, man, his plan is, I'm gonna go finance that truck, I'm driving that thing home. And so he goes in, picks out the truck he wants, sits down with the salespeople at the dealership, you know, for the very first time, he's never done this before. They give him a credit application to fill out. And he's never filled one out before. He doesn't know anything about all of that. And as he begins to go down the list of questions, he realizes this could be a problem. And then they run his credit and he didn't know what that meant, which is always a red flag as well because he didn't have any credit. And so they got this incredible deal But nobody explained to him what the letters W-A-C at the bottom of the ads stands for. And it doesn't mean win a car. It means with approved credit. That's what W-A-C means. And he filled out all that stuff and he turned in his credit application and got denied, rejected. Had to call somebody to come pick him up. Now friends, it was a great deal, but only for people who deserve it. Now, if you've made a mistake And if you haven't built up enough of a resume, then you don't have the right credit score. That deal is not for you. And friends, I'm afraid that's the way some of us think about Jesus and the eternal life that He came to offer all of us at Christmas time. We feel like, you know, somehow I gotta earn it. I gotta deserve it. Uh, We gotta be impressive enough. Uh, We gotta have our lives together enough. We gotta follow all the rules just right, you know, for an appropriate period of time. And then maybe, maybe, you know, we'll have a clean enough spiritual report And then maybe, maybe. But friends, that is not the message of Christmas. (laughs) You know, Jesus came to that barn in Bethlehem in such an unexpected way so that you and me and everybody else would know you are included in God's love and you can be included in God's family if that's your heart's desire, just the way you are right now. Now, I remember meeting a woman in our lobby, you know, one morning years ago. She was picking up her child from Growing in the Sun Preschool. She lived in the apartments right down the street from our Henderson campus and I saw her. And so I just said, hello. And I asked her what she thought of growing in the sun. And she said, man, we love it. And then I said, has anybody ever invited you to our church? And she said, no. So I invited her, I invited her to come back. I told her all about our children's ministry and how her kids would love it and all of that stuff, man, come check it out. And she she asked me, well, how much does it cost to put your, put your child in the children's ministry on Sunday or Wednesday? <laughs> and I was like, man, It it doesn't cost anything. It's the service of the church. It's our ministry, it's free. And she said, okay, well, maybe I'll try it. Man, I hope she did. I hope she got connected here. I don't ever remember seeing her again, but hey, if you're watching this today, please let me know. I hope you found a home here at Compassion. But I learned something that day because she didn't know the Christmas story. She thought the church was like everything else in the world. You wanna play, gotta pay. She just honestly thought that she would have to pay to come to church here, that she might not be able to afford it. And so I assured her, man, you can come be our guest. We would love to serve you, serve your family. But I worry that I didn't explain it just right, because the truth is nothing here is free. Our church, our ministry, our message, grace, salvation, forgiveness, eternal life, none of it is free. It's all hyper expensive. It's just that somebody else paid the price for us. And His name is Jesus. And we celebrate Him coming to pay that price at Christmas. Man, we celebrate His death and His resurrection at Easter because He paid the price for our sins to be forgiven and our home in heaven to be secured. And we could never do that. We could never afford that. Now, that's why Jesus said, God so loved the world, the world, the whole world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him might not perish, but have eternal life. Now friends, eternal life is a free gift that is extended to all, but you gotta receive it and you gotta accept it. So no matter who you are or where you're from, no matter what you look like, no matter what you've done in the past, I'm telling you the gift of God's love is for you. That's what Christmas is about. That gift is for everybody. Now, listen, at the first Christmas, God was making a revolutionary statement about His love for us. I will leave the highest throne in heaven. I will go, uh, you know, I will come down to the lowest manger in a stable in what was then a backwoods third world country so that you will know how deep and wide and long and strong my love is for you. I will go any distance. I'll make any sacrifice. I'll endure any pain in order to show my love to you because Christmas. It's for everybody. It's for all the people. For you who are young and for you who are old. It's for people who have a PhD and for people who are working on their GED. Uh, It's for people who live off of an unemployment check and people who live off of a trust fund. And Christmas is for people who are single wishing they were married (laughs) and for married people or wishing they were single. Uh, it's for people who go to work in a business suit and high heels, and it's for folks who walk around in sweats and t-shirts all day. Man, this message is for people who love rock music and country music and rap music. It's for Star Wars fans and normal people. <laughs> it's for people who are black and white and Asian and Latino and Jewish and Arabic. It's for atheists and agnostics, Buddhists, Baptists, Lutherans, Presbyterians, Pentecostals, Muslims, Hindus, Roman Catholic. Listen, the message of Christmas is revolutionary. It's for Everybody, Christmas is for everybody. It's for the orphans I can see in my mind right now that we are loving and reaching out to in the back country of India and Africa and China. And it's for the motel room kids on Highway 17 that we minister to every week. It's for the people who are finding help with the habits and hurts and hang-ups that have destroyed their lives, but they're finding help in our D groups and in Celebrate Recovery all over our region. region. And Christmas is for cancer patients in hospitals and addicts in treatment centers. Christmas is for people who watch this service in prison around Georgia and Florida. who are gonna spend another Christmas behind bars. It's for everybody. Let me tell you, one of the hardest working young men who ever joined our church and then joined our church staff came to us after 10 years in prison. And he met Christ in prison. And he just grew, grew, grew spiritually and emotionally and intellectually in the joint and when he got out, we welcomed that brother and he made our church stronger because of the hope that he found in prison. And that unexpected hope came at Christmas time. Friends, Jesus said in Revelation 22:17, 17, come, let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. He said that because he was the one who made that unexpected arrival in the manger in Bethlehem and he made sure that the world knows that Christmas is for anybody who wants it. Now friends, the really good news is that the hope of Christmas is life-changing. Now I love the way Dr. Luke ends this part of the Christmas story. He talks about the response of the shepherds to Mary's baby and the response of Mary to the shepherds' visit. Now look at verse 15. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, hey, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which, you know, the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and they found Joseph and the baby who was living, you know, in the manger, lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told uh, about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said. You know, it's interesting to me that these shepherds were filled with hope and then purpose because they met Jesus. Dude, they started telling everybody what they saw and people began to respond. And suddenly things start changing for Mary and Joseph and Jesus. I mean, you know, they found a place for Joseph and Mary to live. And the first couple of years of Jesus' life, well, they lived in a house right there in Bethlehem, that's where the wise men came to visit them. And then when Jesus was a little toddler, you know, these Magi from the East came, we call them wise men. They arrive in Bethlehem with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, which financed their years as refugees in Egypt when King Herod tried to have Jesus assassinated. Man, Luke ends that section by saying this, but Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. Now, don't you wonder what that means? Mary pondered the unexpected announcement by the angel nine months ago, and then how everything he said came true. Mary pondered how God came into the world in the most unexpected way in the form of her baby. Uh, Mary pondered how the angels announced his birth in the most unexpected way to the shepherds, you know, to the most unexpected people. Mary pondered and treasured the hope that filled those shepherds and transformed the townspeople of Bethlehem and, and the wise men and the unexpected blessing that all of this brought to her and her family and her world. And friends, that is the unexpected hope of Christmas, that meeting Jesus will be life-changing for you too. Now, I don't know if you read the, Read the Wall Street Journal, but a couple years ago on December 22nd, they ran a story about one of the most iconic images of the Vietnam War. And You've probably seen this picture. It's a picture of a little girl screaming and running away from a napalm explosion that burned her clothes off. And so she just ran crying through the street while dazed American soldiers just helplessly look on at this poor, pitiful little girl. Well, that little girl lives in Toronto, Canada today, and she published a book about her life entitled Fire Road, about how the war in Vietnam left her body so full of pain and her heart so full of bitterness and hate and discouragement. She she got to the place where she just didn't think life was worth living until 10 years later on Christmas Eve, 1982. Somebody invited her to a little church in Vietnam where the pastor said something that anybody with any church background would expect, but she had never heard it before. He said the real meaning of Christmas is not about the gifts, you know, that we carefully wrap and lay under the tree, The real meaning of Christmas is about the gift of Jesus Christ who wrapped Himself in human flesh and was given to us by God. And as the pastor spoke, she said, I knew in my heart something was shifting inside of me. She said 10 years after the defining tragedy of her life, she still had so much hatred and bitterness in her heart. She said she was ready for love, man. She was ready for joy. She was ready for hope. She's ready to let go of that pain. And so when the pastor finished speaking, She stepped forward and she said yes to Jesus. And she said in that article, I still need treatment for the burns on my arm and my back and my neck, but my heart is healed. She said, I woke up that first Christmas morning with my first ever celebration of the birth of Jesus. And I knew what it was like to experience terror, to feel despondent, to live in fear. But after years in the spiritual wilderness, finally, I felt the kind of healing that can only come from Jesus. And friends, that article ends with her saying, don't give up, don't give up, hold fast to hope. This peace I have can be found by you as well. I pray that it finds you this Christmas. Now friends, at the first Christmas, God allowed His Son to be born in an unexpected way so that you would know the hope of eternal life is for everybody. And I hope every one of you is gonna experience that on this day. So let me just pray that God will bless us as we bring this to a close. Father, thank You. Thank You for this opportunity to talk about the unexpected blessing that came to our world through Jesus. Lord, we've heard this story so many times that it, it may not shock us, but boy, when it was happening, it was unexpected for Mary and for Joseph and for the shepherds and the wise men and the people in Bethlehem. And yet our world pivoted that day everything started to change the day jesus came into our world in such an unexpected way and i pray god that there are those who have heard this message today who will say i want some of that i want the healing that that little vietnamese lady found because of jesus i want the hope and the purpose that those shepherds and those wise men found because they met jesus and i just pray god that there will be many people who are watching this today who will meet jesus this weekend as we gather to worship and as we offer our lives to Him. And I pray, God, that every Christmas, this one and every one forward, we'll be blessed, blessed, blessed because of that decision. And We pray this in Jesus' strong name, Lord, amen. Hey, I love you, glad we could be with you on Christmas Day. God bless you, Merry Christmas.
0: silence, with glory in the highest, the hope of all creation, resting in his mother's arms. The sun on the horizon, ringing through the heavens, the long-awaited saviour, to set the captives free, come to set the captives free, come set us free, hope has a name, amen. He's where you find it yeah here's where you'll find it no He's where you'll find it yeah here's where you'll find it you find it oh he's where you'll find it oh,